This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on June 6th, 2022. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for the Monday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart. And cryptocurrencies staged a weekend rally. We'll cover that in our next segment, but right now, the busy week ahead on Wall Street includes a, a very targeted focus on surging inflation and its impact on the broader economy. Joining us with the details, Bob Brusca, Chief Economist and Fact and Opinion Economic in New York. Bob, great to have you with us. So what are we looking at as far as inflation and its impact on Wall Street? Well, it's high and Wall Street is uh, it's been actually rather accepting of the high inflation. Um, you know, the stock market has come off fairly sharply, but then it was very overvalued and corporate earnings have been under some pressure. Um, interest rates are higher and they're going to go even higher. There's a problem in the housing market because mortgage rates are going up and that's interacting with high housing prices to make payments very high and affect housing affordability. So, you know, you have a knock-on effect from inflation to stock prices to interest rates to housing prices to economic activity and so on. So we're looking at the CPI out later this week, and it's going to continue to be a troublesome report. Well, and there's other reports that we're looking at this week as well. I'm looking at the inventories report, jobless claims, uh, the big one, obviously, consumer price index. But I'm, I'm certain that inflation is going to play into all of those. Yes. Yeah, so, well, that's a problem, is that, you know, uh, we look at a lot of these poor reports in dollar terms, right? They're nominal reports. And uh, you see a nominal headline that looks pretty good. But then when you deflate it for inflation, it's not so strong anymore. And so it's just one of the ways that inflation distorts everything that we look at. You know, um, right now we've got wages going up sharply year over year. And despite that, they're still lagging the inflation rate. So the worker is still being hurt, even though his wages are going up relatively sharply. Well, and you talk about workers being hurt. I, I want to maybe circle back because we had the job reports come out uh, Friday and a day. So can we sort of tie that into what it means for workers right now? Well, yeah, the job gains are slowing down a little bit, and that's not surprising. Uh, the unemployment rate is really low. There's a big problem with firms trying to find uh, qualified workers. <clears throat> and so, we, you know, we may be at full employment. Uh, we're below what economists think is the sustainable full employment. And if so, it's going to create an even bigger problem for the Fed to cr- try to create a soft landing here. The Fed has never created a soft landing out of an inflation mix like this. Never, ever. Well, and the other thing is, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of talk around a recession and what that might look like. I want to be clear, though, that this if if the U.S. enters a recession, it's not at all going to look like the one that we saw in, in 2008, 2009. Uh, well, no, there's no reason to think it will look like that one, but there's no reason to think it's going to look like it is was in 2020 either. And I think a lot of people look back at the COVID recession and think, oh, that wasn't so bad. The government took care of me and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government's not going to take care of you that 
that well this time. And it shouldn't be as intractable as, as you know, the Great Recession, but it could still be a very difficult recession because inflation is high and stubborn. And um, the problem I know is the Fed doesn't really look like it really wants to go after inflation tenaciously. The Fed is going to go after it somewhat slowly. You know, people look at these 50 basis point rate hikes like they're, uh, you know, big, but I started working at the Fed in New York in 1977. Believe me, I've seen high inflation. I've seen aggressive Fed policy, and Fed policy is not aggressive now. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Bob Brusca, Chief Economist at Fact and Opinion Economic in New York. Coming up, we'll talk about cryptocurrency and its attempt to make a comeback. We're talking all things cryptocurrency now with Billy Laverie joins us live to discuss cryptocurrency. It saw a bit of a rally this weekend, correct? It has. It has. Actually, it's made a rally almost simultaneously with the high in the U.S. dollar back in May 13th, 2022, this year. So we're seeing, um, I think, you know, Rachel, in all the complexes, the S&P 500, QQQ, NASDAQ 100, uh, the bond market, we all kind of put in a low sometime in the week of May 13th to the, say, the 25th-ish or so. And it's risk on. Risk is coming back on. We're seeing it in every asset class, to be honest with you. So I think that's really interesting um, from a global, you know, like a macro perspective. But is this a short-lived sort of rally that we're seeing? I know there's been a lot of talk about cryptocurrency just sort of being the the, the trendy thing to do. Well, you know, that's a great question. And honestly, we're still trying to figure it out. Is cryptocurrency, is Bitcoin uh, cash and currency? Is it risk on like the S&P 500? Is it digital gold? Like what is Bitcoin? And again, I'm beginning to see more and more evidence that says when you are risk off and need to be defensive, you take money out of the market. And, and, and you know, bonds used to be our, our go-to safe haven, our flight to quality. I don't think it's that way anymore. We're in a whole different paradigm. So is it a short-term rally? I don't think so. I think that this rally is going to last as long as the next, next rally in the S&P 500 or in the NASDAQ 100, which is growth. Right? NASDAQ and technology is all growth-related. Bitcoin is technology. Bitcoin is growth. So as long as, as, long as uh, growth as an asset class begins to turn around and rally with respect to, say, dividend-paying value, I think Bitcoin is going to be in a good place and could potentially resume its uh, upward rally to its projected price of maybe $107,000 by the end of this year. That's it's also... Projected- Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's also becoming more tangible to to consumers. I think it was a very abstract concept. And now the more I mean, there's there's crypto ATMs. It's becoming very accessible to the consumer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look at what's happening in El Salvador with them accepting Bitcoin as digital currency. You had 44 central bankers convene for a big trade show in El Salvador. MasterCard, Visa, Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon just recently said that, you know, he thinks Bitcoin could be considered uh, a safe haven, and he's looking for an upward rally of maybe 30% in the token. So minds are changing, hearts are changing, the asset class is expanding, we're seeing more and more uh, adoption, and, and everything considered you know, toward Bitcoin. And I think it's in a really an exciting time to be. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Bill Ulaveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management based in Glenview. Up next, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference begins today, and there's some speculation a new headset might be in the works.
We'll tell you all about it next. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Apple's annual Worldwide Developers Conference starts today as a virtual event, continuing through Friday. And there's some speculation that analysts are looking for information about a new headset. Helping us get a preview, Jennifer Jolly, USA Today Tech Life columnist based in San Francisco. Jennifer, what can we expect today? Well, the keynote is happening right now, and so far they've announced changes to mainly iOS 16. So we're talking about some new dictation features like adding punctuation and emoji. Uh, They also showed off a new way to edit and uh, send change uh, messages after you've already sent that text. Basically, you can make edits to it. So you say, hey, Gabe, and it Siri hears babe and types that. Well, you can change that even after you've pushed send. So that's really cool. That's something we've all been asking for for a long time. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's a, it's a nice one for all of those autocorrects that weren't really correcting yeah. anything. Awkward autocorrect, right? <laughs> yeah. But you hinted at that ARVR headset. That's all anybody's been talking about ever since they showed it off to their board of directors a couple of weeks ago. Will we see it? Is that the next big thing out of Apple? Yes, it's the next big thing. We will not see it during this WWDC. It is not ready for prime time yet. We're hoping that we might get a hint of what we think they're calling reality OS, reality operating system, but it's highly unlikely that we'll see anything really significant, even though that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, and I understand. There's a lot of buzz around it. And here's the other thing. These these uh, announcements, when it comes to software updates, they're not shiny. It's not like this physical thing that builds all of this exhilaration around it. But I will say, software updates can make a huge difference when it comes to the accessibility and, and features of technology. Yes, exactly. Just this morning, I can't even tell you how many. It must have been at least a dozen uh, dictating into series, you know, sending messages off while I'm out running in the woods. And every single one of them had one of those awkward series fails. So, yeah, absolutely. That can really, really help us. But right now, all the bigs, uh, Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, they are all in this race for space on our face. Everybody's working on an AR VR headset that goes beyond gaming and becomes something that we can put into this metaverse and put into our regular lives. So it's no surprise Apple's doing that and working really hard on it. It's also no surprise that they will wait until it's perfect to release it. That is that is classic Apple, absolutely. Thanks so much, Jennifer Jolly, a USA Today Tech Life columnist based in San Francisco. Still ahead, we'll take a look at what a battery startup company is doing with two car makers to test an innovative EV battery. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Chicago police are looking for a machete wielding robber who's targeted six victims so far. New York's governor signs tougher gun laws in response to recent mass shootings. One company is working on an electric vehicle battery with a longer range and quicker recharge time. We'll have details just ahead. And it's Stock Picker Monday. Some tips on where to place your money during these uncertainties. Times. WBBM Business, the Dow is up 33 points, the NASDAQ up 42, and the SP 500 up 15 points. AccuWeather says cloudy skies, scattered rain showers, even a thunderstorm today with a high of 77 degrees. Temperatures fall to 56 tonight. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. New Yorkers under the age of 21 will be prohibited from buying semi-automatic rifles under a new law signed by Governor Kathy Hochul today. We're tightening the red flag laws to keep guns away from dangerous people. And we're raising the age of semi-automatic weapons so no 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. In all, Hochul signed 10 gun-related bills as the state became one of the first to enact legislation following a wave of recent deadly mass shootings. Chicago police, meantime, are looking for a machete-wielding robber wanted in six attacks on the northwest side. The latest happened last night in Irving Park. That's when police say a man wearing all black swung his machete at a man walking on a sidewalk walk in the 3700 block of North Troy Street. This is around nine o'clock. That man was unhurt. The attack happened a day after detectives issued a community alert warning of five other similar robberies. Officials are now asking anyone with information to contact Area 5 detectives. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stocks are trading slightly higher. Joining us now with the latest is Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager at Kingsview Asset Management here in Chicago. Paul, the stocks have moved a little bit higher, sort of off of those mid-May slumps. Have, you think we've seen the worst of uh, the stock market sell-off? Uh, that's a good question. We're not quite sure we've seen the worst of it yet. We still have a couple Fed meetings where the Fed's going to be hiking rates, 50 basis points. We've come off of a very good jobs number. But we have the inflation report coming out later this week and higher commodity prices almost across the board. And that's really what's been going on in the market. Part of the reason why we've had this volatility is on one side, you have uh, the persistent inflation that maybe the Fed is not going to be able to deal with by raising interest rates. And on the other side, a decent economic growth in the United States and still very strong uh, job growth. So both of those are kind of working in opposition to each other. And part of the reason why we have the volatility that we do in the markets every day. Well, and we mentioned earlier in the show today that inflation is certainly on the minds of many sort of heading into the week ahead. What's your take on how inflation is sort of playing into the equation? Yeah, inflation is a huge part of it right now, and it's really the focus on not only consumers, but investors and the Fed and, and the White House. So all of them are keeping an eye on it. We're seeing it every day as we go to the grocery store, as you go to the gas station. And that may not peak out for some time yet. So if you look at oil prices, oil prices continue to make new highs. Commodity prices in general have been making new highs. So as they continue to rise, inflation rates are probably not likely to drop. The key is going to be Friday. They're going to be looking at core rates, which exclude food and energy. 
And those may actually come down a little bit. So from Wall Street's perspective, that's a good thing. But from the consumer's perspective, uh, not necessarily so. Yeah, and that sort of leads into my, my next thought here is, is if there is a place where investors can sort of take shelter from, from those higher inflation scenarios. There is. I think if you take a look at, at um, value stocks, and certainly energy plays a role in that. So uh, energy, basic material, industrial type of stocks do well here. Healthcare continues to do well, and, and even some consumer staples. Many of these companies are able to generally pass through some of those higher prices onto consumers or onto their uh, people that are buying their products as well. Those areas of the market should continue to do okay as the economy continues to be strong and as, as those companies can pass through those costs. Now, I will say that this market volatility, it could be a good thing. And I'm thinking specifically of, of, for example, a young investor, right, who has sort of this long road ahead of them. They don't necessarily need everything to bounce back right away. Can you maybe explain that a little bit and how that might be beneficial? Yeah, no, absolutely. For those that are involved in 401ks, they're buying it once a month, twice a month, they're buying the market. So actually the decline for them, they're able to buy more shares of, say, the S&P 500 or any of the mutual funds that they're investing in. They're buying more shares as the markets decline. This will pass, and over the next 15, 20, 30 years, we'll see markets that are going to be significantly higher than where they are today. So time is definitely on the side of the young investor. This is a very good time to be dollar cost averaging and being a little bit more aggressive as the markets decline for that 20 to 30 year window. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul, you, you mentioned earlier, too, that, that oil keeps marching higher and higher and higher. You think there's still opportunity sort of in that energy space? I think there's still some uh, opportunities there. Obviously, we're a little long in the tooth. Uh, there's a possibility that OPEC comes in, produces or provides more energy to the uh, markets. We saw this in 2008 when uh, per barrel prices were 150 plus, and all of a sudden then we we got all kinds of oil coming onto the market. So I think in the commodity world, the solution to higher oil prices or higher prices is higher prices. It produces or it has people producing a lot more of that particular commodity. I think that'll be true in the energy market. But for now, I think we still see higher energy prices that may dissipate over the next six to 12 months. Thank you so much, Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager at Kingsview Asset Management here in Chicago. Up next on the Noon Business Hour, development underway on a battery that looks to improve performance for electric vehicles. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Colorado-based battery startup Solar Power, with backing from BMW and Ford, has started pilot production of an EV battery with a longer range and a quicker recharge time. Here to tell us more about the project is Paul Hawkman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, what's so great about a battery? <laughs> Not, everything's so great about a battery. It depends really what people will really judge a battery on is longevity. Like, is it going to, can you recharge it a zillion times and still have it be effective? Also, obviously, size. Um, anybody who remembers or knows, you know, current existing internal combustion engine batteries, they're big. They're, you know, you pull into AutoZone or somewhere and it's a, you know, 10 pound item that has to get loaded in. Uh, and that's, it's, fairly efficient at turning over an engine, getting it started, but it certainly could not do what electric batteries do now. So the best thing about solid power is battery they're in, in Colorado, and they're going to be, uh, they're backed by BMW and Ford, is it literally is 
a solid state battery. We've seen a zillion solid state batteries in our lives, um, pacemakers, wearables, that sort of thing. But solid state really defines uh, the next step for battery uh, technology in cars, both because of durability, but also range. And it's much more compact than existing batteries. I was going to say, I'm thinking about computers, too. We know solid-state drives were sort of a, a wave of technology, and it took the size of your computer from being, you know, like a, a refrigerator box to now <laughs> the laptop that we have. So uh, I, I, uh, from what I understand is that if, if all goes well, mass production could start as early as, as 2024. Now, I guess that's not really an immediate solution to the other uh, EV producers who are, who are facing that battery shortage right now. From my perspective, that is exactly what's different about this is it's worth waiting for. I guess I'll just put it that way. Just to put this in perspective, in the same space that a lithium-ion battery, that's the current battery in, say, a Tesla, needs under a vehicle, a solid-state battery would have somewhere between two and ten times the capacity for charge. So imagine current, you know, 300-mile uh, 300 mile range for a battery suddenly going to 3,000 miles, theoretically. Well, that's that's a very that's a game changer. And their construction also means they don't need all the monitoring, control, and cooling systems that lithium-ion batteries need to function properly. So tons of space is going to be uh, made. There's going to be a lot more room in a car. Uh, the, the, imagine plugging in and 3,000 miles of charge await you, or 3,000 miles of range, as you say, await you. Well, all of a sudden, people worrying about you know road trips and so forth are going to stop thinking that because they could drive from L.A. to New York. So that's what's really changing here. And, and in, in the case of solid power in, in Colorado, they also have decided that the production, uh, the actual production process for making these is not going to be that different. What most people worried about was that they have to completely change how they make batteries. So that's what's exciting about this announcement. Well, and you sort of mentioned this. I think that electric vehicles sort of had this stigma of it's it's meant for the commuter, right? It's meant to go sort of short distances. It's uh, save gas, you know, if you're going from the burbs to downtown. But but you're right. I mean, if, if this is the if this really is going to happen, and if we're going to see this battery length, this longevity, I would think that it's going to perk up a lot more ears when it comes to purchasing EVs. Oh, 10 times the range. And also, may I add, in addition to that range and not worrying about just being a suburban vehicle, if you will, to your point, I think that's right. Um, it's also charging times. These things charge much more quickly. So all in all, um, what really 300 miles is certainly plenty for most people to commute. The average commute is about 25 to 30 miles for everybody out there. But, but really what's exciting is if you can go anywhere you want, you can charge it in much less time than existing technology and do it with solid state. Remember that the one added benefit, the, the solid, the difference between the solid and the liquid, lithium ion batteries currently have a liquid to spur the charge from one side of the battery to the other. That's your current, right? That drives the engine. Well, solid state is a solid piece of material, often glass. Many people say that it's safer. For example, if it burns and, and say there's a crash and it burns, a solid state battery burns at only 20% the heat of a of a lithium ion liquid electrolyte battery and that's for another reason you know it's, it's safer so all things concern, considered uh, it's really going to be a game changer if it happens as, as quickly as solid uh, power in, in uh, Colorado says it will. Thank you so much, Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, of course, a visit with our Monday afternoon stock picker. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, it's Stock Picker Monday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Joining us with a pair of investment picks, Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital here in Chicago and author of the book Calculated Risk. Mike, great to have you with us. What's your first pick? Well, good afternoon, Rachel, and thanks for having me on. Uh, first pick would be Schlumberger, symbol SLB. Uh, stock trades about $47.5. It's up 50% for the year, which 
as we know, energy is one of the few bright spots overall in the marketplace. So certainly oil prices near $120 a barrel are helping this stock, and, and they may not stay up there. But, and you can think you missed, missed out on this rally in, 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 this, in these names. But Schlumberger, if, if you look at it, Schlumberger traded $20 higher or over 40% higher four years ago with oil trading 70 bucks. So there's a lot more on this stock to run up. And, uh, you know, as a 32 uh, PE, but that's backward looking, it'll be uh, 17 times forward. So it's cheap based on how it's growing. And, you know, we view oil prices as volatile and, and also hard to predict right at this moment as far as if they can go higher. But if you want to bet on oil prices going higher, I think it's a much better risk-reward to bet on Schlumberger than to bet on crude itself. So I think Schlumberger is, is a great pick right here, um, even, if, even if oil prices are topping. Uh, the stock has much more room to go to 60 or $70 dollars. Now that's Schlumberger, the world's largest offshore drilling company, the letters SLB. Mike, what's your second pick? Second pick is Google. So I try to mix it up a little bit uh, with different uh, industries. Uh, it's one of our biggest holdings right now. Stock's around 2350. Uh, that's a 21 PE. Stock's down 20%, just like the rest of NASDAQ. It's actually beaten the NASDAQ overall. NASDAQ's down almost 25%. You know, short-term headwinds here are uh, Internet ad spending. Um, that's certainly an issue, but the company is, is, is a monopoly, and it will weather the storm a heck of a lot better than its comp- any competitors or other tech companies. So because it's a monopoly in, in search, um, you know, we at MJPP Capital, we love, first of all, we look for monopolies. We love companies that have what we call big moats. This is one of them. So, you know, at the end of this cycle of, of lower ad spending, Google will be standing strong and ready to, to grow again. And they also have Google Cloud, which is growing 40 to 50% annually. So there's another area, and it has a lot better profit margins than, than, uh, than the rest of Google's businesses. And then you look at YouTube. YouTube, and, and it has a lot of room to grow there as well. So uh, tech is certainly in a correction area right now, but if you want to get into tech, Google, to me, is the cheapest, best bet on the board. Uh, looking out 6 to 12 months, I like it a lot. And those letters, G-O-O-G-L. Thanks so much, Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, based here in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.